playing booch ball. Booch. We playing booch ball. Hello and welcome back to Booch Ball, the only podcast on the internet talking kombucha and Miami losing college football. Rude. <laughs> How you doing over there, Freed? Hanging in. Hanging in. Hanging in, doing? Freed. You know, it's always, how are you doing, Freed? And never, how are you doing, Alex? I'm doing fine. Miami loses to Texas A&M this past week, 17 to 9. At Kyle Field, I, want, I keep wanting to say Kyle Wright Field, which was an old Miami five-star recruit who ended up being a pretty middling talent. For the Canes. Um, yeah, Miami loses. They don't score a touchdown the whole game. We muff a punt. That completely swings the momentum of the game. However, still had a drive to win it. And uh, Xavier Restrepo's replacement dropped the ball Yeah, to tie it. Good point. Yes. But, yeah, you're right. I mean, it wasn't pretty. But if you told us going into that game, we're going to have the ball twice in the fourth quarter with a chance to go tie the game. You know, we probably would say, okay, I'm not mad about that. There were some extenuating situations in that game with how things played, the status of a lot of the Aggies' top players. There's a lot that makes you think, man, we should have won that game. But you know what? We'll dive more into that later on in the show. That's fair, Freed. Well, there were some very interesting games last week. We had the college game day in Appalachia, one on an insane Hail Mary pass. Yeah, we talk had... about a letdown game for for <laughs> Appalachian State after they go on the road and beat AM. They're favored by 21 points, I think, against mm-hmm. who was it Troy? Troy. Hail mm-hmm. Mary. Chase Bryce and his noodle arm can't even get it to the end zone, <laughs> but it got deflected. You got it to like the caught. eight yard line. Yeah. yeah, caught and ran in. So good for them. Yeah. And Wake Forest squeaks one out against Liberty. What's up with these ACC teams keeping Liberty on the schedule? We got to stop that. Speaking of keeping Liberty on the schedule, how about Old Dominion, RIP Queen Elizabeth, the Monarchs, almost completing the Virginia Cup. They beat Virginia Tech earlier in the year. They took Virginia to the wire this weekend. Virginia just pulled it out at the end of the fourth quarter. So, yeah, college football has, is happening. It's, um, yeah, it's been weird. We haven't really, I feel like we haven't really established a, a pecking order this Well, we know season. who's at the top. We know, okay, that's fair. We know we know who's at the top, but there's been some interesting matchups this year. There's been a lot of like cross-conference matchups, a lot of like Power 5 playing outside Power 5 to mixed results. Um, yeah, it's been, is it, is this how it always is? Or like, that's it, usually what happens the first few weeks <laughs> of the season. It's been a while since last it year. It feels wacky. Yeah, it feels well, wacky. Conference like, plays around the corner. Yeah, well, yeah, we've got an interesting slate lined up for the the week ahead. Before we get to that, Freed, can you give us a quick update on how the booch bets went this week? Absolutely. We went back to last season, tiebreaker central. We were there again, two and two for both of us. You pulled out the tiebreaker by picking the Aggie win. I should have known better. <laughs> yep, that's what we got to do. We got to temper those expectations, my boy. Go ahead and send me that sweet, sweet cash. Enjoy. 
Money, 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 money. All right, Free, the money is in the bank, and it's now time for the first segment of our show. You guessed it, folks. It's time for What We're Drinking. What We're Drinking. Kombucha in the bank. Shorty, what you drank? Mm, I like the kombucha because it stank. On today's episode of Boochball, we're drinking a brand that we've had once before on the show. And and this is going to be an interesting one. We've had, um, what was it? The Brew Doctor Watermelon or Brew Drive, whatever you want to call it. Watermelon was a Final Four booch for us. So we have a history of liking watermelon booches, but we haven't had the Rowdy Mermaid. So it's going to be interesting. This is the, the Rowdy Mermaid Watermelon Bloom. You know we've uh, we've done Health Aid watermelon that's been rated a seven. Where's GT's watermelon on the Bucha Big? I don't know if we've done the watermelon. We've not done GT. I've seen it before. We've not done GT's. I know I've put out a a Twitter review or a, a, I put out a Snapchat review for Snapchat review GT's watermelon, but I guess we've never hmm. reviewed it on the show. So maybe sometime soon. Well, let's pop this thing open and get a little sniff test on the watermelon bloom. Sniff test. This is designed to hydrate, it says. It's kind of interesting. You wouldn't think of a kombucha as being something that was designed to hydrate, would you? I need to be hydrated right now. This has a funky scent to it. It's not typical vinegary or sweet or sour smell, and it's a little... It smells smells pretty on par for what I was expecting from the watermelon. It's These watermelon booches kind of smell like watermelon that has been in a fruit cup too long like a fruit salad it's like post-peak watermelon yeah exactly it's like a fermented watermelon is what it smells like let's go ahead for a little taste i can almost taste that smell yeah an atypical funkiness but it's coming through it's a little sweeter than i was expecting did i add fruit juice to this i have no idea what's happening here yes eight percent juice wow this is uh, kind of similar to the one that we had last week, the Element Kombucha, which was a kombucha that was giving me seltzer vibes. This is very much the same deal. This is a seltzer. They're trying to corner like the seltzer, healthy seltzer vibe marketplace with this. It doesn't taste like tea at all. There's too much fruit juice. You lose the tea flavor. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's some other stuff going on in here. And I mean, we've looked at the ingredients already, but let's, let's see if we can kind of tease some of these tastes out and check back in with this later in the Bucha Barometer. Very well. All right. Well, I'll say from the top, I think that this is a, um, this isn't coming across as like a major contender, but it's, uh, I feel like this is giving me similar vibes as our other watermelon Buchas in the past, somewhere in that upper middle range. Yeah, it hits the spot right now. Mm-hmm. It, I was just smelling it. I was salivating as yeah. we took our extended sniff test, but it leaves some to be desired. All right, well, we'll check back on that in a little bit. Freed, we told the good people what we're drinking. The Rowdy Mermaid Watermelon Bloom, designed to hydrate. It's now time for us to tell the folks what we're thinking. What we're thinking. Freed, what are we thinking? We're thinking about football. We're thinking about Miami and Texas A&M. Mm-hmm. Can't get it out of my head. You know, that's 
that's what I did on Saturday. I drove. Yeah, give us give us your report from the field as our boot ball correspondent. Well, I'll tell you what. I was most certainly not on the field. The first time I went to an A&M game, friend of the show, Robert Wright, got me field passes, and I was watching that game on the field. This game, I was in the fourth deck, very, very, very high above the stadium. There was a lot of energy in there. It was rocking. The Aggies were into it. But at the same time, it was kind of a really boring game, especially for a Miami Hurricane fan. There was not a single moment that I actually got to cheer. Mm-hmm. There was a few like yes, like Unless you're a big fan of punts. I mean, couple, couple of good punts, but not even that many good punts. We only punted no. like three times. Yeah, we punted <laughs> two or three times, right? You know, we had five field goal attempts. We turned it over. The most exciting part of the game was when we almost recovered a fumbled punt. Yes, yes. that was there the was, most exciting part of the game. There was two to three third down stops where. I was like, okay, big play. We need to stop. We got to stop one. Yes. Okay, cool. We have a chance. Right. Defense looked good. Your preseason pick, Leonard Taylor. Was that your pick? Or no, Tyreek Stevenson was your pick, oh, wasn't it? You thought it was going to be Tyreek. <laughs> That's right. It was. Leonard Taylor. So he's having Leonard a great Taylor, year. He, he looked great early on. I saw he had a big sack on, I think, probably the second drive, maybe. Mm-hmm. We finally got that stop. The defense played well. They did not force any turnovers. You know, and that's not necessarily a knock on them, but Mm. that's what was missing in that game, right? Miami muffed a punt, did not recover. A&M muffed a punt, was able to recover. Mm -hmm. Those two plays really decide the game. If you flip that, there's no doubt Miami wins. Yeah. You're never going to sit here and say, it's not a coulda, woulda, shoulda. It's just those two plays decided the game. You know, this is like, as we discussed, this is one of these, this is a tough position. This was a, this was like, I'm not going to say it was a total lose, lose either way, because if we had won to beat Texas A&M, but the story would have been Texas A&M, oh, they suck, Bimbo man. Fisher, disgrace, two losses in a row at home. So it was like a loss push. It was like, we weren't, yeah, the, the loss to Appalachian State last week took a lot of the pizzazz. What was the phrase I used? It, it, it sucked slapped, the psych. Sapped yeah. the psych. Yeah, it sucked the psych out of the game. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, obviously, you still want to go in and win the game. But kind of what we talked about beforehand, which was if Miami goes in and is competitive, then that's a good sign. And a loss to AM doesn't hurt you. It doesn't hurt us in the ACC. It's not going to stop Miami from making the playoffs if they went out. Not even going to go down that road, but really a loss to AM and an eight point game where your defense plays all right isn't going to hurt you. Are there potential worrisome signs that we were not expecting in this game, like Tyler Van Dyke not looking good, like Mario Cristobal making potentially cowardly? Yeah, a borderline cowardly, <laughs> certainly questionable, borderline cowardly play calling and yeah. clock management decisions. Mm-hmm. And you can look back even to the first half where Miami had a chance to call a timeout after stopping AM on third down, could have forced them to punt with 45 seconds left. And at least you force them to punt, hand the ball off one or two plays, see if you can. You know, do something if you. Yeah, don't. we seemed terrified to actually 
at that point in time, you're down by seven, you're about to get the ball. I understood it then, but then, you know, later in the game in the what late third quarter, when we're on the four yard line in a fourth and goal situation from the four yard line, deciding to kick a field goal to cut it to 11, my only, and I mean, the only way that this could even make sense is if he's thinking, you know what, they're probably going to get another field goal at some point. Got to make sure it's a two score game, even if they kick a field goal. Right. But, I mean, that's putting a lot of faith in an offense that hasn't done anything all day. And that was the farthest we ever got down the field. I mean, how you got down to the four yard line <laughs> score, yeah. you know, but clearly there was no faith in the wide receivers to create separation, have someone get open the play calling from our Broyles award-winning offensive coordinator to (laughs) not be able to have enough faith in your quarterback and wide receivers to even try a pass on, you know, third and goal. Yeah. Or second and goal. Or did we throw on first and goal? I don't know. I know we ran on second and third and then obviously kicked on fourth. Speaking of kicking, not the best day for Andres Borgales. The first one's forgivable. It was a 40 plus yard field goal into the wind. Um, And the wind was blown hard um, that night. You saw on kickoffs that were heading towards the North end zone. All of them went out the back of the end zone kickoffs heading towards the South end zone. All of them were right around the goal line for for both sides. So do you think that impacted Tyreek at all? No, I think he needs to run up and catch the ball. We had this, like, this is what was happening last year. He's a senior. God damn it. You can't have a senior making mistakes like that. You know, it's one thing to fumble a ball. You're never going to give somebody a hard time for fumbling a ball when they're trying to make a play. You can't blame him for trying to make a play, but you can blame him for not catching the punt in the first place. Yeah, there was a few other situations, you know, punts were not fielded and then down by AM on the one yard line. Miami had the chance to pin him in that same situation late in the game. They got called for an illegal formation. There was someone who didn't line up on. They had an extra person protecting the punt. Not and they had another punt. guy. A, a lineman was lined like. Is that a, a bonehead move by somebody not being where they're supposed to be? Or is that where they were taught to line up? I mean, right. Think about how different that outcome of that game could have been if that ball was down at the one yard line mm-hmm. and AM starts there with five minutes left. If you, you've been controlling the run all day, mm-hmm. you force a safety right there. My God, that's a completely different game. But again, at the end of the day, there were encouraging signs from that game. You know, we played with AM. Our defense looked good. That's been a weak point all year. Yeah, because going into this game, we all expect that that was the tricky thing about it is that going into this game, we all expected that we were going to lose. And then Texas A&M loses to Appalachian State. And then all of a sudden we feel like we're supposed to win the game. But Vegas knows that we're probably not going to. I didn't feel like we were supposed to win that game, but I felt like A&M's offense was so bad. And it is. Their offense is bad. Mm-hmm. You know, they scored that first touchdown because we muffed a punt on the 20 yard line. Right. So it was a short field, easy touchdown. Then they had a legitimate drive 
in the second half and actually scored a touchdown. So, you know, they had what 200 yards of offense in that game. I mean, their offense is not good whatsoever. And our defense did fine. Like they should against a bad offense. They, they did what they were supposed to do, but now the transition is, can Miami score? You know, they did it against Bethune Cookman and they did it against a very bad group of five team in the second half, not in the first half. So is it just early season adjustments? Because Rhett Lashley's offense wasn't really clicking early last season either. It took Tyler Van Dyke three games, I think. His third game was where he really started getting comfortable. So I'm hopeful that that's the case. And he'll get plenty of opportunities against Middle Tennessee State this upcoming week to get right, have a bye week before the ACC schedule. And honestly, Miami's schedule plays out really favorable. Well, Spreeds, it might be time for us to move on to our final segment of Boochball, which is, of course, who we're picking. Before we do that, give me one word about how you feel about uh, Miami after the A&M loss moving into our last week of of out-of-conference play. Hmm. Incomplete. Okay. That's really similar to what I was going with. I I was going to go with intrigued. Hmm. I, I almost Which is said, a more positive spin on what I was saying. Yeah, I, I almost <laughs> said skeptical, but that comes off a little too negative. I'm yeah, I'm curious. It's time for who we're picking. Need more booch. Who we're picking. All right, Alex, week four of college football. This is the last out of conference scheduling week for most of our main conferences for a little while. Let's enjoy a last week of some wonky matchups. And a couple of fun conference games to start out conference football season. How about we hop into familiar territory? Let's go right into the ACC. We got Clemson going up against former Atlantic Division champion Wake Forest. Clemson is favored by seven and a half points. Who are you picking here? Freedom calling for the upset, baby. You can't just walk into Winston-Salem, North Carolina, expecting the win. On the road? Hell nah, Freed. This is a new Wake Forest. This ain't the Wake Forest of old. And uh, seven and a half points? Hell yeah, I'll give it to Wake Forest on this one. I got the Demon Deeks covering, baby. All right, so Wake Forest won this game. Wake Forest won this game last year. Clemson don't tank too kindly to that talk. So I think Clemson does walk into Wake. And I think they end up getting this win and eking it out. I still don't trust that offense, but I think Clemson's defense is able to keep Sam Hartman and company in check. My heart wants the upset, but my brain takes Clemson to cover. Very good. All right, Freed, a battle of two Texas programs. This time it's TCU, the Horned Frogs at Southern Methodist University, the Mustangs. Who do you got in this one? Not just two Texas programs. These are neighbors. SMU located in Dallas and TCU located in Fort Worth, neighboring cities. Separated by only a hyphen. And Plano and Arlington and Jerry World. 
got to, you know, we're going with our guy here, right? I know you're picking SMU. I'm picking SMU too. Come on. The Stangs, bro. Yeah, come on. You know. <laughs> Coach Rhett Lashley, former Miami offensive coordinator, gave us one of our best offensive seasons in some time. And sometimes I can only dream about what would have happened if he stayed this season, honestly. Oh, well. So is that, did I get your pick right? You going with Yeah, this? I got the Stangs to co- cover in minus one. Okay, okay. Well, let's jump out west, do a little Pac-12. We haven't done a ton of Pac-12 this season. How about USC, favored by six and a half, going to Oregon State to face those baby beavers? Yeah, I don't know, Frida. Oregon State is interesting. I was actually just like listening to uh, an episode of the Levitard show with TJ Huzmanzada. You remember him? Oh, yeah, 84 Bengals. 84 Bengals, but also he was a member of the Oregon State team from like 2000, I think it was like 2000, that beat Notre Dame in the Fiesta Bowl, like blew out Notre Dame. And he was arguing that Oregon State had the greatest, that that was the greatest football team to never make it, like to never really have championship consideration. So I was doing some research on the Oregon State Beavers and how they've kind of fallen on hard times as of late. They're 3-0 and to start the year. doesn't seem like they've really played anybody of note. You could argue the same thing about USC to start the year. Um, Fresno State, I feel like, is always one of those teams that like seems good and maybe they sniff the top 25, but are never actually good. Anyways, until Lincoln Riley uh, proves me that he is going to lose to Oregon state. I'm just going to go ahead and give it to USC and uh, Caleb and, and Lincoln and let them take care of business. I have a bug. Yeah. That setup that you had is pretty much exactly what I was thinking, but strangely enough, I'm going the opposite the way. way. Yeah. I'm thinking that Lincoln Riley is due for some first year coaching mishaps and you know, there's a lot of new stuff going on there. They got Caleb Williams and Jordan Addison, you know, doing things, scoring a lot of points. I think they're going to run into a very, very hyped up, chaotic environment out there in Oregon. Where's Oregon State? What is that? Um, it, it's uh, that town that that has a place. and they, Twin Peaks. It, Twin Peaks. No, that, I, <laughs> I know that that's not right, but we're – they're going to get up there into Oregon state. There's going to be a hyped up environment. Those fans are going to be smelling an upset. They're going to want to storm the field against the top 10 USC. And I think they can Vallis to cover. Yeah. I knew it started with a C. All right, Freed. Um, yeah, well, I got USC, so whatever. Well, you know, it sounds like we're going to need a, uh, a tiebreaker again this week. Uh, but before we do that for you, we're going to need to take a take a trip down to the sediment pick here. Yeah. And finish up our booch. Cheers. The Rowdy Mermaid Watermelon Bloom. You know, we, we skipped the booch barometer uh, due to time considerations. And the most notable ingredient in this, besides watermelon, soursop. Hmm. Um, That's what they used to call me back in high school. I wonder why. <laughs> I always did too. So soursop, or as they call it in Brazil, guanabana. Guanabana. I don't really know what it tastes like, but I have had the Brazilian 
Guarana soda, which has kind of a weird taste, but is kind of good at the same time. So I don't know if it's adding much to the kombucha, but um, also wasn't getting a ton of sediment in here. So, oh, no, little to no sediment in here. Um, Yeah, it's good. Let me do a quick let me do a quick read of the side of the can. It took 2000 years to make kombucha taste this good. And for some reason, they want me to, I think they want me to read this in a Southern act, like a, not Southern, but a kind of cowboy accent. Ever try to wrestle a watermelon into a 12 ounce can? It ain't easy, but we managed to coax more than a giant juicy melon into this hydrating, refreshing elixir known as Watermelon Bloom. We also stuffed in a mystical superfruit known as Soursop, plus blooming hibiscus and rose. The result is a flavorful function in a can. A very narrow can. Why are they doing... Why is Rowdy Mermaid writing ad copy with the inflection of like a southern... How own... much money do you think it would cost to get Sam Elliott to do a commercial? <laughs> and read that? Yeah, he's a, definitely a college football fan, I would imagine. Got to be. I a, bet he likes Texas. I bet he's a Longhorn guy. But they're... Rowdy Mermaid, they're based in Colorado, which is not shocking at all. But Rowdy Mermaid, what does that have to do with being in Colorado? They're doing a cowboy thing, which kind of fits in with the Colorado thing, but also like doesn't make sense with the mermaid part of things. Boulder, Boulder, Colorado. Excuse me. Yeah. And I don't understand. I don't understand Rowdy Mermaid's. Core values. I, I don't know where <laughs> they came from. What where they? What do they stand for? Where did they and, come uh, from? Where do we they know? Go? We know where they're going. We know that they don't have any sediment in their kombucha because it's more of like a sparkling water. Um, but we do have a sediment on today's episode, Freed. We've got Duke, another wacky out of conference matchup. The Duke Blue Devils traveling to Kansas, Toto. This is almost just... an anti-sediment pick because these are two three and O football teams. <laughs> when, when did we expect Duke and Kansas to become juggernauts? Yeah, your your boys of Houston went out to play. Uh, I think that was at Houston. Kansas went to Houston, and there was a moment that went viral when a Houston player started attacking one of his own teammates on the sideline. I missed that. I must have been in Aggieland at that point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was very interesting. So. Because of what I saw Kansas doing to uh, to Houston and causing their teammates to get that mad at each other, well, Kansas must have been doing something right. So uh, I'm going to give it to Kansas, beating so against Kansas those hapless Blue Devils. Nine points. <laughs> Kansas by nine is far more points than I would feel comfortable giving Kansas in any Power 5 matchup against anybody at all other than Georgia Tech. Georgia they're, Tech is by far the worst game. team in the ACC. <laughs> and because Duke is that much better than them, nine points is too many. I'm taking Duke to cover on the road. All right, Freed. Well, then we've got a little cupcake recovery game for the Canes. Hopefully, as Middle Tennessee State travels down to Miami. What do you got as your final score prediction? So I was scrolling way down the SP plus rankings chart to find how Middle Tennessee State compares to Southern Miss, and Middle Tennessee State is supposed to be slightly worse than Southern Miss. Now, 
if middle Tennessee state has a first time quarterback in there, that could create problems because Miami loves to make first time QBs look really, really good. But let's assume they've got a veteran starter back there who Miami probably, you know, knows what to expect. I think the defense does its thing, holds them to probably two scores offensively. This is me being hopeful. I hate when I go down this road, but I think that the wide receivers, Tyler Van Dyke, the coaches, everybody is going to be displeased with the performance last week at A&M. And I think they're going to want to go put some points on the board. So I'm going with uh, 38 to 10 as my final score. Hmm. I don't have too much more to add to that. I'm pretty much with you. I went with 33 to nine. 33 to nine. All right. So what's the magic number for the uh, spread? You got a 24 point spread. I got a 28 point spread. So the line's 26, which is pretty damn close to the actual line. So we'll see what happens. The picks are in. And now it's time for us to give our final score to the Rowdy Mermaid Watermelon Bloom. It's an interesting kombucha here. I'd like to have another one to like Mm -hmm. judge it more. Also, I clearly enjoyed it enough to drink another. I crushed that. Well, it's only 12 ounces. It's a very narrow can as Sam Elliott or his, his person said. It's designed to hydrate. Yeah, this was like a seltzer alternative as opposed to being like a stomach settling booch. Okay, well... This is Boochball, the only podcast on the internet talking kombucha in college sports. So, Alex, talk to me about this booch. Freed, this is a good, drinkable, buyable booch that I would recommend to you if you like uh, seltzers and kombuchas alike. Pretty basic flavor as long as you don't get spooked by the, the initial kind of off-putting sour watermelon smell um i think that once you get into it it's extremely easy to drink they got enough other extra little flavors in there (laughs) i don't know what the hell sour sop is but it seems to be working um so i I would put this right right at the bottom of the would recommend threshold um i'm gonna give it a 7.1 okay i'm on the same page with you i like your description you do have to kind of fight through that scent in the first sip or two. But once mm-hmm. you get into it and you're kind of, it's almost like Tyler Van Dyke. You need a few sips <laughs> or a few weeks to get comfortable in your new offense. You have a new offensive coordinator. Right. This is a new brand for us. You know, we've only had one Rowdy Mermaid before. This is my second career Rowdy Mermaid. I'm not quite comfortable. Right. But once I got going, I could drop 50 on middle Tennessee state. (laughs) So I'm in the same ballpark as you, but I don't feel as good about it to get it above seven. I was going to give it a Mm 6.8 and it's almost a shame that we can't get a 7.0 average, but I'm not changing my score once it has been formulated. So 6.8 it is. Very well. We'll have to have the ETF five bot come in and give us our final, final score. Okay, that was different. (laughs) The ETF5 is changing brands as well. Holy shit. Just not comfortable. (laughs) The score is in, and as we discussed, we're just under that would recommend threshold. We're sitting at 6.95. 
But you know what? That's a good score for Rowdy Mermaid. That's number one on the season three leaderboard. So props to the Rowdy Mermaid. Yeah, you know, they're not bad. I think the last one we had was like the Lion's Root or something. The last one we had of theirs. Rowdy Belly? Yeah. What what was Rowdy? Oh, it was the Rowdy Mermaid Rowdy Belly. And it had like fenugreek. Fenugreek, yes. Right? There's a poem on that one too. It didn't make sense then. It doesn't make sense now. <laughs> we scored the Rowdy Belly seven flat and Rowdy Mermaid, very consistent product. You know, let's wait, let's read the from the from the Rowdy Mermaid website here. We started living rowdy again with the southern kind of the cowboy twang. We started living rowdy back in 2012 when our founder, Jamba Dunn, Jamba Dunn, began brewing kombucha in his own garage, in his own garage. He had a hunch that kombucha didn't have to be so kombucha-y. He felt it could be less sugary, less vinegary, less acidic, and safer. Whatever that means. That is exactly what you've been saying, though. That it's yeah. uh, more of a seltzer-forward type yep. flavor. Watered down, almost. His three-year-old daughter challenged him to craft something superior to the existing products on the shelves. Yeah, right. That sounds like... <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine your three-year-old challenging you to make something superior to the existing products on the shelves? Don't be a bitch, Dad. <laughs> you little soft. You're soft, Daddy. Daddy, you're soft. You a weak ass bitch, Dad. What you said to me, you round mermaid? <laughs> and that's how they came up with the name. And that and that's really how our story began. Just a full time dad with a doctorate in philosophy, fresh from a fateful corporate downsizing, out in his garage, home brewing kombucha, just a down on his luck. Stay at home, dad, making, <laughs> making a nice safe kombucha. Uh, all you know, right. There's something to say about a safe Respect. kombucha. They're doing something different, you know? There's a fine line between safe and cowardly. That's so true, as we saw out on the field this past uh, this past week. Well, Fred, hopefully it's... Uh, Hopefully the Miami Hurricanes have yet to begin their own watermelon bloom as we look ahead to week four. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us here on a more subdued, calm, chill episode of Booch Ball. Conservative. Yeah. But not as conservative as, as last week. The two sides of the political and chill spectrum. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening. Check us out on Twitter, on Instagram, at Boochball. And as always, stay cultured. Peace.